This episode of The Pediatrician Next Door is brought to you by our sponsor, Roadrunner Sports. When it's time for a new pair of running or walking shoes, there's no better place to start than Roadrunner Sports. For the past 40 years, they have specialized in finding your perfect fitting running and walking shoes through a revolutionary in-store fitting process. Stop by one of more than 45 stores across the country or visit roadrunnersports.com. Use code NEXTDOOR, N-E-X-T-D-O-O-R, on-site or mention this offer at your local store and receive 20% off your first order when you become a VIP member. A couple of weeks ago, I had two teenage girls come in for their sports physical during the same week, and both of them had relatively normal weight, so I wasn't that worried about them, but I always ask girls if they're getting their periods, and neither of these teen athletes were getting their periods. And that is a sure sign to me that they're not eating enough calories to make up for the amount of energy they're expending in their sport. We call this an energy imbalance. Doctors, we call it functional hypothalamic amenorrhea, meaning you're not getting your period because your hypothalamus isn't doing its thing, but that's because you don't have enough energy. So it's also been renamed relative energy deficiency in sport. And we call it that because all these other names are so crazy. It used to be called the female athlete triad. And you might've heard of that. On the other end of the spectrum, we have young kids coming in and their parents are telling me their like seven-year-old is begging for an energy drink or a sports drink. And they want to know, is this okay? Can they drink it before soccer practice? And yes, hydration is very important. But these energy and sports drinks are not the best hydration or the best nutrition. No matter what age your kid is, if they're playing sports, or even if they're not, you're going to have questions about nutrition, but more specifically in your student athletes. What can you give your student athlete to eat and drink to keep them in the game? On today's episode, I'm going to share what you as a parent need to know about sports and nutrition in order to guide your kids. Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. On the last episode, we talked about how to physically prepare for sports and prevent injuries. And a really important part of performance is dialing in your nutrition and your hydration. It's tough in kids because they're growing at the same time that they're burning a lot of calories when they're working out. So it's really important at this age in particular because you can actually stunt your growth if you're not getting in the right nutrition. And for girls, they can actually get osteoporosis later in life if they're not adequately building bone at this time. First, I want to talk about macronutrients. That's things like protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Then I'm going to talk about micronutrients, which are like your vitamins and minerals. And then I'm going to talk about specifically what kind of fluids kids need for hydration. I'm also going to talk about what, when, and how you need to eat and drink for optimal performance in athletes. Let's start with carbohydrates. So carbohydrates need to be about 45 to 65% of a kid's calories. So roughly half of their foods should come from carbohydrates. And I know that low-carb diets are really popular, so you need to be very careful as a parent about your influence. We know that kids tend to eat what they see their parents eating, and they are guided by their parents' own diets. But kids need carbohydrates. 
compared to adults, they need a lot more carbohydrates. And I don't mean from crackers and bagels and cookies. I mean from good things like whole grain breads, whole grain pastas, and greens like brown rice, farro, and even potatoes. I mean, not potato chips, but just like regular potatoes. Lentils and peas are also a good source of carbohydrates. Kids need carbohydrates just like a car needs gas. It provides like a ready source of fuel for them, a ready source of energy. All right, protein. Protein, this is going to be surprising, only needs to be about 10 to 30% of a kid's diet. It's really easy to get enough protein in your diet without even thinking about it. I know parents worry about this a lot, but even in vegan and vegetarian kids, they tend to get enough protein without really putting a lot of energy into specifically choosing proteins as you traditionally think about them. I know a lot of parents worry a lot about enough protein in the kid's diet. And the truth is they're looking at their weight or their child's muscle mass. And you do not need to consider this. When you think your child is not gaining weight enough, they usually need more calories from carbohydrates and fats, not so much from protein. You really can stick to that like 10 to 30% of their diet being protein. They do, on the other hand, need about 25 to 35% of their diet to come from fat. You need to avoid saturated fat. So, you know, read labels. Fat actually helps to absorb vitamins and it helps kids to feel full, to feel satiated. So things like olive oil, avocado, and nut butters, those are great sources of fat that help a kid feel full, helps them absorb their vitamins, and just generally helps out. All right, there are three micronutrients an athlete needs to pay attention to. I know, I know so many of you parents want to give your kids multivitamins just to like have insurance, but the truth is they need vitamin D, calcium, and iron. And they really don't need a whole lot else if they're eating a relatively decent variety of foods. A lot of foods are fortified with vitamins and minerals. So you don't have to think that much about it. I mean, even if you look at a box of pasta, it has a lot of minerals and stuff added to it. So vitamin D is something that almost everybody needs to supplement. It's not in any of our foods, except it's fortified in milk. So where we get our vitamin D from is through our skin from the sun. So every human pretty much needs to supplement their vitamin D unless they're drinking about 16 ounces or two big glasses of milk every day. That will get you enough vitamin D. So for the kids who are not drinking vitamin D, or if you think they're drinking a different kind of milk, like soy milk, Make sure you read the label and make sure they're getting a full day's worth of vitamin D or just give them a supplement. So calcium, that's the other supplement you need. That is needed for muscle contraction. I know you traditionally think about it for bone and it definitely is needed to build bone, but also athletes need it for muscle contraction. So calcium might be something you would consider supplementing, but most kids still, again, don't need to take an extra supplement. It's just something you want to pay attention to in your diet. The last one though, iron. Even if an athlete is not anemic and if you do a test and their hemoglobin appears to be normal, a lot of athletes are going to have really low iron stores. And we measure that not with a hemoglobin, but with a test called ferritin. You could ask your doctor to do a ferritin test. It's not ever really a bad idea to take a little bit of an iron supplement if you've got an athlete that is just very, very active because we know that you do lose hemoglobin in your sweat and urine in athletes. So if your child's not eating a significant amount of meat, you might consider an iron supplement. Next, let's talk about hydration. I know there's a lot of drinks out there, but you know the right one to choose is almost always going to be water. You want to drink about two hours before physical activity. So have your kid drink somewhere between 13 and 20 ounces of cold water before they work out. 
And cold water is actually absorbed much better. So that's why you want to choose that. And then if they're in a really sweaty practice or while they're on the playing field, you do want to aim for drinking about every 20 minutes. And so something around four to six ounces of water every 20 minutes while they're playing, that's my next suggestion. And in kids who are playing for less than an hour, plain water is fine. You don't need to give them any like rehydration fluid. If a kid's playing over an hour, they will probably need a drink that has a little bit of sugar and salt in it because our body does absorb water better if you have sugar and salt in it. And because you are maybe losing some electrolytes once you've been playing for an entire hour. So my recommendations there, I like watered down apple juice. I mean, I think Gatorade, and I'll probably say this a thousand times, is just as bad as soda. I hate Gatorade. It's way, way, way too sugary. Um, Other good options like coconut water is great. And then if you can handle doing this, I would recommend making a homemade drink. So you want to take a ratio of, ready, 20 ounces of water, and then you mix four ounces of a juice, something like cherry, and I'll come to that later, or orange juice, or you can squeeze lemon and lime into the water, and then add one teaspoon of honey and a half a teaspoon of salt. So that's 20 ounces water, four ounces juice, one teaspoon honey, half a teaspoon salt. That is going to be your pretty close to your ideal concentration for a rehydration fluid. Again, Gatorade, I'm not a huge fan, but if your child like really, really wants to have Gatorade, you can buy the Gatorade powder and mix it with water and just mix it a little dilute so you have a little bit more water than Gatorade. And that is something I can, I can get behind, I think. This episode of The Pediatrician Next Door is made possible by our sponsor, Roadrunner Sports. Got foot pain or aching joints? Need more comfortable shoes to wear all day and don't know where to get expert advice on the best pair of running or walking shoes? Roadrunner Sports has you covered. Stop by one of Roadrunner Sports' 48 stores across the country and experience the perfect fit zone, a revolutionary fitting process that takes personalized shoe comfort to a whole new level. The experts at Roadrunner Sports learn about your running, walking, or fitness habits, dig into any aches, pains, or injuries to help guide your shopping experience. They even scan your foot in 3D to find the perfect size to analyze your arches for any imbalances. With all the top fitness brands such as Brooks, Hoka, On, Asics, Saucony, Nike, and more, this truly feels like running shoe heaven. Not close to one of their stores? The Virtual Fit Finder will simplify your shoe buying journey online and help find perfect fitting shoes just for you. The best part, their VIP family program will ensure you receive savings and rewards cash on every order. You even get 90 days to test run your shoes to be sure they are perfect for you. Stop by roadrunnersports.com today to learn more about the fitting experience and find your local store. Use code NEXTDOOR, N-E-X-T-D-O-O-R on site, or mention this offer at your local store and receive 20% off your first order when you become a VIP member. Find your best fit ever at Roadrunner Sports today. My next favorite thing for hydration though is whole fruit. When you eat fruit, you naturally get a ton of water, but there's also electrolytes in there and like magnesium, potassium, things you need. There's also antioxidants in fruit. My favorites here are like watermelon. Watermelon obviously is quite juicy. And both watermelon and oranges, they're filled with potassium and that can help regulate muscle contractions. So that's a good choice when you're exercising. 
My other favorite is cantaloupe because it has like a ton of water in it, but it also has potassium and magnesium. And magnesium helps move sugar into your muscles, so it can really power those muscles. Plus, it has vitamin A and C in it. I went to this pediatric sports medicine conference and cantaloupe was the number one recommendation from the pediatric sports medicine physician who was talking there. And that really stuck with me. For those kids who don't like sweet foods, and I know there are a few, it's probably like 1% that I'm talking to here. There's a fruit choice for them too. And the choice of fruit is cucumbers. It's like 97% water. So that is going to really rehydrate. And it also contains magnesium and potassium. And then my other really, I think this is like a gem here, is frozen strawberries. Really easy to carry around. They stay nice and cold. You can just throw them in a bag and they have a ton of vitamin C. Plus they're very easy to find frozen strawberries like year round. So I like that one. So that's what you should eat and drink. Okay, now let's talk about when do you need to eat and drink? I know I talked about drinking cold water two hours before a practice. I want you to forget about needing to eat three meals a day. Yes, kids need to eat three meals a day, but I want you to focus more on they need to eat every three hours. So that will be meals and snacks. And lots of kids just snack all day, but just make sure they're getting something in their mouth every three hours during their sports season to really keep their energy up throughout the day. Those girls that I talked about at the beginning that didn't get their periods anymore, they would go from lunch until like 9 p.m. and not eat anything. And they had heavy practices, like lots of running in between there. So... Every three hours is my recommendation. So timing-wise, I did say earlier that you should drink water about two hours before a big event. And you also want to eat two to three hours ahead of time. That's going to increase your energy stores. And it also will make your stomach a little bit more comfortable. So you don't want your student athlete to be too hungry and you don't want them to be too full. So you want to avoid high fat foods. Like pizza is a horrible idea to have before a game. Save it for after the game because high fat in a diet, it's going to delay the time that it takes your stomach to empty and that's going to affect your kid's performance. And the truth is high fiber is going to make you feel the same way. High fiber makes you feel bloated. So before a big game is not the right time to be eating like a salad. Simple carbohydrates like pasta, that's what you want to eat because they can break down those carbohydrates really fast and they'll have lots of sugar available to their blood. If your child has a really early morning practice, it can be hard to eat two hours beforehand. So just have a light snack, like maybe 30 minutes to an hour before the practice, and then they can have a big full breakfast after. So you need to plan ahead for that. What about after practice? So if your child has a heavy practice, they're going to be hungry almost immediately. So you want to provide them with a recovery food, something you would give them to eat like 30 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that after their practice. And then you want to feed them again two hours later. And they're going to need a snack at that time that's heavy with protein and carbohydrates to refuel. So something like graham crackers and peanut butter or yogurt with fruit, or I like grapes, fruit, and cheese. That's a pretty good balance between proteins and carbohydrates. Kids are busy. Their practice days are busy. Their season is busy. So you want to prepare snacks, lots and lots of snacks and not packaged snacks. So this is a great time to start making your list so that you can come up with ideas of things you can snack on. I like fresh fruit, obviously, because I talked about the fire hydration. Dried fruit is equally good. I also like cereal with milk. That's a great balanced diet or a good snack. But other things, I know a lot of people use smoothies. Those are fine. But start thinking outside the box. I like things like tempa. 
Do you even know how to spell that? I know it's not available everywhere. Anyway, tempa. Uh, marinated tofu. It already comes marinated in a package. That's a great snack if you can get your child to eat it. Peas. And a lot of kids, I swear to God, they will eat frozen peas. So if you just have a snack bag of frozen peas, that's kind of a fun snack. An edamame, which you can buy frozen and already shelled. Just throw it in a bag, frozen. And by the time they're ready to eat it, it'll be thawed. And the other thing I really like is fig bars. I don't know, kind of feels like a cookie, but they're not so bad. One special case that I do want to mention is that I know a lot of our wrestlers and a lot of dancers are often trying to lose weight. And some of that pressure comes from their coaches who are telling them that they need to make weight. I want you to beware of those coaches that are telling your kids they need to change their weight and ask your kids about this because they may not mention it. But during a sports season for growing kids is not the time to try to limit their calories. The other thing I want to include here is beware of the teenage girl who tells you they are, quote, eating clean. That's a phrase that, in my experience, almost universally signals that they have an eating disorder. If you're concerned that you've heard your child say this or you see them cutting calories, if it's a girl, your next question is to ask, when was their last period? If a girl stops getting her period, they're not eating enough calories for how much energy they're expending and they need to see their doctor. So I say you should eat clean, but then at the same time, I don't want you to eat too clean. Because I tell most kids they can eat 10 to 20% of their food as junk every day. And junk food means foods that don't contain a lot of nutrients. If 80% of a kid's diet is foods that have nutrients they need in them, then we know they're getting the nutrients they need. And lucky for them, they can handle some empty calories. So they can have another 10 or 20% of just garbage food that doesn't have anything good in it. Me, on the other hand, and maybe you too, I don't have a whole lot of wiggle room. I can't really eat extra calories that don't have things I need in them. So my foods have to have antioxidants and vitamins and protein, all those good things in it. There are a massive number of sports nutrition products on the market. And I know they seem well-designed and thoughtful and scientifically advanced, frankly, but they're really not. It's natural to think that student athletes might benefit from some of the claims made by these products, but they're just trying to sell you something. Here's your job. It's to encourage your kids and set an example of how to eat whole, real foods. And now you know which ones have the most benefit. If you're having a hard time talking about why kids need to eat the food and drinks that I talked about today, listen to this episode with them and open up a conversation. Ask them what they think. Besides what to eat and drink, I also get a lot of questions about which sports supplements are safe for student athletes and which ones work. If you've ever wondered if creatine is safe or which supplements can help with recovery, you'll learn a lot from my upcoming episode on supplements. So be sure you're following the show so you won't miss that episode. All right, go make your shopping list now. I hope you were inspired by this episode. And if you were, leave me a review. And if you have a question, find me on Instagram at the pediatrician next door. For more from the pediatrician next door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.